Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenen. Weave! Yeah. And I'm Jim Quist. <laughs> and, and guess what? They spelled your name correctly in the subtitle. I did notice that this time when, you, when, when I looked it up. <laughs> Exciting news across the board in ACC sports. First up, number one seed Louisville and number three seed Pitt advanced to the NCAA Volleyball Semifinals. Louisville defeated Georgia Tech. 3-1. Pitt defeated Purdue 3-1. Louisville faces number four Wisconsin. Pitt takes on number 10 Nebraska. That's in the semis. It's the first time that either program has made it to the semifinals. So uh, this this looks pretty good. This could end up being ACC uh, championship. One yeah, way it sounds like other. we got an ACC Big Ten challenge going on there. Yeah. This is good stuff. Hey, three ACC teams in the Elite Eight and uh, a conference um, first as well there. So let's take a look at uh, NCAA women's soccer, the College Cup Championship. FSU had a little bit of deja vu, uh, but they defeated BYU in penalty kicks 4-3. So congratulations to the Seminoles. Nice win there. Um, and then going over to the uh, the guys, Clemson and Notre Dame, they they had a great game. Battled through two overtimes before deciding in penalty kicks who would advance to the NCAA Men's Soccer College Cup Championship. And uh, the final 5-3, Clemson. Um, they'll play number two, Washington. That will be going on later the day that we're actually recording and that is for the title. We'll let you know how that all ends up uh, at accnation.net. Now, ITA uh, tennis, singles and doubles, top 60 uh, rankings are out. We also have that at the site at accnation.net. You might want to check that out. Um, a lot of great talent, again, um, highly ranked in the ITA rankings for collegiate tennis players. Georgia Tech women's basketball defeated number three, UConn, 57-44. Um, new brackets by Charlie Cream over at ESPN has GT on the rise. Um, they are at a, a number six seed at present. There are eight ACC teams projected in his latest. Uh, last week's top 25 women's basketball, number two, NC State, number seven, Louisville, number 19, Duke, number 22, Notre Dame. And we should see significant movement of ACC teams uh, into the poll, if uh, not, let's just say this. Uh, refs aren't the only ones who need glasses, <clears throat> voters. <laughs> Well, what a defensive effort by Georgia Tech in that game against yeah. UConn. I mean, yeah, I know Paige Beckers is, was out with an injury. She's going to be out for, for a little while yet. But holding UConn to five points in the fourth quarter and holding them to 31% shooting and two of 15 from three, that's just a really strong defensive effort. Congrats to Nell Fortner on a huge win. They're now 7-2. and two, And you talked about a team that probably should be ranked. We're looking at one right there. That's right. Uh, there's a ton of teams that are just right on that, right on the cusp. They're in the receiving votes category, right on the cusp of making it into the top 25. I would venture to say that you'll see a lot of them moving forward um, in that. Uh, and I tell you what, um, uh, here's another team that I absolutely uh, enjoy watching lose. UConn women's basketball because <laughs> uh, you know 
to me, I have a lot of respect for Gino's abilities as a coach. He's established a heck of a program, but there's something about the dude's attitude for me that just rubs me the wrong way. So to hear Gino whining and, and moaning about how his program is, is not doing well and doesn't look good and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, we didn't have Paige. One person does not make a team. So Paige is going to be out for especially a two months. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's going to be out for two months, man. Uh, it's going to be some hard riding here uh, over the next couple of months. If you if you're without yeah. your top player, um, boy. Uh, anyway, not to uh, and and I hope Paige it comes back. She's a great player. It's nice to, nice to watch. A local her. girl too from here in the Twin Cities. There you go. So. She wouldn't be from Apple Valley, would she? <laughs> no, it's like not everybody. like the Jones. She, she's, I forget, I don't think she's from Minneapolis, if I'm thinking right, maybe, uh, but I think she's from one of the, the suburbs. Uh, it's all Minneapolis to people outside of Minneapolis, so. Even even in St. Paul. Everyone, everyone, right. in, everyone who's an outsider thinks St. Paul is Minneapolis. St. Paul? <laughs> That's Minneapolis. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and everybody there goes, it's sort of like everybody uh, down in, in North Carolina who gets upset about uh, calling it Raleigh-Durham. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they just pitch a fit over that. And it's like, excuse me, but, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's known as Raleigh-Durham for a reason. It's sort of like this this economic thing and, a, and mm-hmm. a, uh, a ratings for TV and radio and all that, that kind of nonsense. So they call it Raleigh-Durham. Get over yourselves, man. I, we know you live in Durham or you live yeah. in Raleigh or you live in one of the multitudes of, of communities in and around Raleigh. And uh, not Durham. to mention the, Dur- the airport's Raleigh-Durham, right? That's right. So, you know, it's Raleigh-Durham. Get over yourself. Yeah. And by uh, the way, Paige, is, Paige Beckers is from Minnetonka. Or Minnetonka. She went, that's where she went to high schools in Minnetonka. So. Yeah. It sounds like a, a Tonka, Tonka toy. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, football action. This was an interesting game. Um, Army was expected to, to roll to another win over Navy. Um, but that didn't happen that way. Navy gets a big upset, 17-13. What does this have to do with the ACC? Absolutely nothing. But, you know, football still going on. It's going to be a little while before we get to our first ACC bowl game. That's going to be the Military Bowl, ECU versus uh, Boston College on Monday, December 27th. So we have quite a few days to go before that game. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those of you who like football, that was a good game. That was That was a lot of fun to watch. So... I didn't. I didn't get to watch a lot of the game, but I watched, especially early on. I was so surprised uh, how many passes were being thrown in the early portion of that game. Uh, usually, watch, see these two, and you're just like, yeah. you know, run, 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 run maybe yeah. throw a pass if they're like in third and long. But no, there were there were times on first down where they were throwing passes. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This is not what I'm used to. It's kitchen. <laughs> but yeah, sink great time. game. Uh, yeah. You know, I I I tend to root for Navy every year. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see them get the win. They, they, they had the best uniforms on the field yesterday. There was no doubt in my That's mind right. about that. And no, by the way, to go yeah. back to something we were talking about, uh, a moment ago, yeah. Tonka toys are made in, were made in Minnesota. So <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> They're mini Tonkas. Uh, it gets worse folks. Uh, get used to it. 
I want to thank uh, people who are listening on ACC Nation Radio. Uh, the top 10 this week, uh, I always get these, these stats uh, essentially overnight right before we do this. Um, <clears throat> Germany, the United States, United Kingdom, Philippines, Finland, Brazil, Netherlands, Belgium, Russia, uh, Colombia. Those are the top 10 uh, this past week, uh, folks who are listening. And uh, thank you. We appreciate you listening. And, uh, I, you know, I hope that we're, we're sharing something that's of interest to you. Obviously, we are, considering the numbers. Um, and we're glad we can be there for you. This is just another way for people who are, are into sports to, to listen worldwide to ACC Nation. And yeah. so, a bunch of cool. people in Finland were like, "Oh, there's a guy with the last name of Ojanen." That's right. I got to check this out. But yeah. I think, in, I think there's different variations of the pronunciation of my last name in Finland. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, Quist is Swedish, so you know, yeah, close, close, <laughs> close yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks, folks. We appreciate yes. you a, a whole lot. We really do. And we're, we're glad we Danke. can be there uh, for you. Um, last week in ACC men's basketball. So here's some of the uh, the games. UNC defeated Georgia Tech 79-62. JMU held off Virginia 52-49. Ugh. Villanova stopped Syracuse. Miami over Lipscomb. Virginia Tech defeated Cornell. NC State over, over Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Pitt narrowly over Colgate. And Louisville fell to DePaul. Now, uh, weekend action preceding our program, Georgetown over Syracuse, Clemson down, Drake, uh, Boston College lost to St. Louis. Notre Dame, huge upset over Kentucky, 66-62. Let's talk about that because that that is uh, that's another program where I just, you know, I savor, you know. If you've ever seen the, the the gif that's that the little raccoon going like that, uh-huh. that's me uh-huh. right now. <laughs> so, mm, nice win, nice yeah. win. So, yeah. Full disclosure, I did not get to see this game. I was actually attending my own D one basketball game yes, uh, yesterday. I was in St. Paul to watch Montana State take on St. Thomas in a in a competitive basketball game. But uh, as far as this game goes, you know. One of the things about Kentucky that people started talking about as they came into this game is, you know, they, they always say, you know, they ain't played nobody. Well, <laughs> outside of the Duke game, they ain't played nobody. I mean, you look at their the Kentucky resume coming into this game, I don't think they had played a top 100 Ken Palm team until this Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. Now, let's keep in mind as well that um, – Notre Dame just recently lost to Boston College, so Ooh. that's not exactly you know the biggest you know. It's kind of a it's kind of tells you just where the season is. So don't, yeah, don't Kentucky's, tell me, Will, you're not going to do this transitive properties thing here, are you? Yeah, congratulations to Boston College on their transitive property whenever Kentucky. <laughs> yes, that's exactly where I'm going. But but no, this the, the thing is, is Kentucky's like I told they have they've played three teams ranked outside the top 300 or, you know, 300 and Ken Palm and have played, you know, they're, they hadn't played a top 100 Ken Palm team since between the new, the Duke game to open the season and the Notre Dame game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they've like blown all these teams out. I mean, they struggled with Southern uh, earlier in the week, only beat them by 12. 
but you know, big game. Like I say, Notre Dame has had you know an up and down year. Uh, they've like I say they lost to Boston College on the road in a pretty decisively, I should say. But what what the big story in this game is three point shooting. I mean, Notre Dame they weren't great. They were seven of twenty two. That was you know thirty two percent. Kentucky was two of nineteen from three point range, and 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 an era where the three point shot is so is like the thing it's like very predominant in in this in this version of college basketball that if you can't hit them you generally don't win um so yeah seven seven to two basically in terms of three pointers made that's really the big difference in the game uh notre dame shot 46 percent from the field pretty solid effort they're always they've always been a pretty good shooting team but they're not a great defensive team and Still, that was a good defensive effort on a against a team that you know has had its issues. I mean, they're decent. They're not a great three point shooting team to begin with in Kentucky. They're they're issued thirty percent for the field coming into you know for the season. So the fact that they shot two and nineteen, you know, eventually you got to realize, okay, the threes aren't falling. We need to try something else. But that's also a problem in the in today's college basketball is when you realize you're not hitting the three, you got to try something else and people nowadays it feels like this is just the mindset is threes are bust and that that really can be a problem but not not to take away anything from notre dame that is that is a really big win uh kentucky was a top 10 team it's going to look really good on the resume you know big a big effort from you know they're they're starting you know their starters all played fairly well i mean they you know um Prentice Hub actually came off the bench in this game, which was a little bit surprising because he's someone I thought would have a big year this year. So I don't know if it was just a matchup thing or what, but uh, he only played 21 minutes. I mean, he only played seven players. I think uh, Mike Bray doesn't doesn't generally like to use his bench a lot. But you know, huge one of the big efforts of this game was from Blake Wesley, who had 14 points in this game. Uh, going to have 14 as well. You know, again, congratulations, Notre Dame. You absolutely deserve the storm that court after that win. Uh, one suggestion, use your bench. <clears throat> and also for coaches uh, across the spectrum, uh, use your timeouts. They're given to you. They're freebies. And sometimes uh, <clears throat> I, I think I've told this story once before. I'll tell it again. When I was coaching, I uh, recently um, I took the group that I had, and they were they were doing really well. Um, so they were ahead. I, I wasn't too concerned about winning or losing because, quite frankly, no game is a gimme. But because things can turn on a dime, but this pretty much was a done deal, and uh, so I took a timeout, and I got everybody around. And got him down on the, on, on the well, standing around. I got down on the floor, and uh, I said, "Do you guys know why I called this timeout?" And they go, "No." Um, I said, "Because I can." <laughs> and he just looked. Who do you think you are, Pete Gillen? <laughs> and he just looked at me like I'm crazy, and I just started laughing. I said, "Because we've got it. Let's use it." And you know, <laughs> just take a little break, relax, go out and play some basketball, enjoy yourself. And uh, a couple seconds after that, the uh, the ref came over and said, "Okay, coach, you know." And do you yeah. need help back up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think at that point, I actually, I, I probably would have taken that offer because, oh <laughs> my god, uh, 
Yeah. But anyway, yeah, take those timeouts, man. That's what they're there for. I, I always hear these coaches talk about, well, I'm not going to take timeouts. Blah, 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 blah. What? They're given to you. They're part of the game. Take a timeout. At the most inopportune time, take a timeout and just do something like that. Lighten, lighten the atmosphere a little bit for your players. Something. Anything, you know? But if you if you leave, so far as I'm concerned, if you if you're leaving timeouts uh on on the board uh that you haven't used, you're not effectively using the entire game to your advantage. Sometimes a little mental break is a good thing, even when you don't think they, they need it. It's it's a good thing. Anyway, so uh, some advice that nobody will listen to. Uh, so LSU over Georgia Tech, Wake Forest continues to chalk up, and you're going to love this one. Will, uh, are you uh, are you ready for this? Ready. <sighs> Fantastic Forbes finales with their win over USC Upstate. Yeah, um, that was a yeah. yeah but well, well, let me talk about that for a second because I think yeah. I, th- I think people need to to understand just what what wake force is doing this year i know you know we're still he's definitely into the bowels of uh, non-conference play but i don't think anybody at this point thought wake force would be nine and one on the season um with you know a, a big that big a win at virginia tech by 19 and a game that wasn't even all that close mm-hmm. their lone loss was a 14 point loss to lsu who is having a really good season you know they're they're one of the last undefeated teams to 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 bring that up. Um, I mean they don't have they have the win the Northwestern win in overtime is really nice. The win at Virginia Tech is really nice. They're not really going to get challenged much the next couple of games. I mean they play VMI and Charlotte, and before they they hit the, the conference play on December twenty second against Boston College. So we could easily be looking at eleven and one heading into conference play. Now, why is Wake Forest doing this? Uh, they're sixth in two-point percentage at, 50, at just under 59%. They're 36% from three, which, you know, that's a pretty good percentage. Their effective field goal percentage is 11th in the country. So what it what it tells me is they're getting really good point guard play. They're, they're getting shots. I know Jake LaRavia is somebody that uh, has come along and has played really nice. I believe he's a transfer, if I'm not mistaken. But... You know, Steve Forbes has really put together a nice roster, um, has brought Wake Forest. And we knew, like anybody who's watched what he did at East Tennessee State knew, this guy was going to build this program up. It was a matter of how long it's going to take. And it looks like we're in the middle of year two, and he's already done good things for this team. Now, I I still think it's too early to anoint them an NCAA tournament team because we still need more of a sample size. We need a little more comp, a little more conference play to play out just to see if they are for real. But mm-hmm. I think no matter what Steve, we can, we know Steve wake Forest is, is on, is on the up again. The other thing too, is that uh, uh, Steve Forbes still has the jokes, man. He's, he's still, he's still laying them out there. And if you if you want to be entertained by a coach as well as enjoy watching what he's doing with that program, um, follow follow Wake Forest basketball because he is he is some sort of character, uh, <clears throat> and it, we need more of that in in basketball. You know, guys who can lighten things up a little bit when 
when necessary. Uh, and also, uh, North Carolina defeated Elon. So that's that was some of the weekend action. Starting off this week, this is a good game. I don't know how uh, the Wolfpack are going to uh, do in this game, uh, but they're going to be facing number one Purdue. It's going to be at the Barclay Center, too. So uh, I think it's on the Big Ten Network if you're looking for this. Uh, and most people have the Big Ten uh, Network on their yep, uh, cable providers. Big Ten Network. So um, that is going to be an interesting game. I want to. I really want to see how the Wolfpack um, reacts to mm-hmm. to how Purdue they're going to bring it and uh because they're on a national stage especially they're really going to bring it so this ought to be a, a very fascinating and game let's keep in mind too that Purdue's coming off their first loss of the season they will not be ranked number one after after sure. today yep. but you think they're going to have a little bit extra in the tank for this game yeah. uh, i you know I, i'm curious to see what nc state has for them i see they're coming off a, a, a win over bethune cookman they're seven and two on the season don't have a lot in the in the chamber in terms of quality wins. I mean, their best win is Louisiana Tech for Ken Palm. Uh, one of the things about NC State is, you know, with Manny Bates out for the year, the defense is a little down, but they're getting some really good offensive production. I like the season Darian Sebron's having for for the Wolfpack. He's someone who who is uh, you know sh- shooting the ball really well. Uh, not, I mean, on the inside, but mm-hmm. he's. Uh, He's probably their best player, and he's only a sophomore right now. Some promising stuff. AP Top 25 uh, this past week, the only ACC team in there, number three was Duke. Um, And the question is, does any other ACC team deserve to be in the top 25? And the answer is an emphatic... Near. Near. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's it's Ooh. it's rough sledding right now for the ACC. I'm afraid when you look at all the all these random efforts. I mean, we saw Virginia lose at JMU uh, on Tuesday night in a pretty much because they went what 12 minutes or something without a bucket. They scored uh, they scored 14 points in the first half, and it was only 14 because Kia Clark hit a three at the buzzer. Otherwise, it would have been 11. Um, we obviously know their their warts. But the fact that they did that still <laughs> had a, only lost by three. I mean, we know the defense is going to be really good, but they really need to fi- fix that offense. Otherwise, it's going to be a really long year. Um, but yeah, all these teams, you know, with the exception of Duke, just don't have have a lot of weird losses and or g- getting pushed by teams they shouldn't. For example, Clemson on Saturday got taken to overtime by Drake. I mean, how do you, how do you get taken to overtime by a rapper? I mean, I didn't, I don't think that was God's plan at all. <laughs> Gotta love the Drake. If you want to go for yep. Seinfeld, uh, <clears throat> anyway. love the Drake. Um, oof, yeah. I'm going back to a point you made of talking about those three pointers. If, if you're, you know, if you're living and dying by shooting perimeter shots, you're going to die. Because that is, it's truly not a high percentage shot. If you can't penetrate, um, or or find some way to get in and, and own the boards, especially and put stuff back up when you're missing shots, um, then you're in trouble. Virginia has that issue right now. I watch 
their offensive efforts. And I, I keep saying to myself, drive, 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 penetrate, man. And it's like all they're doing is passing it around the perimeter and then at the last second taking a, a, a ridiculous three-point shot. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. I was pretty telling during that game where Pete Gillen's on the call and he's sitting there like, get it inside of your best player, get it to Garter, get it to Garter. And they would, they would look at getting it to Garter, but they would just pass it around the perimeter. And like you said, they would, it would leave like Kige Clark for a open th- or for a three with like a couple seconds left on the shot clock. And, and, and yeah, I think, I think that that's where the offense needs to go is inside the Gardner, inside the Shedrick and, yeah, you know, he's he he's still really raw, but he, we all know he's got tons of talent. He just needs to stay out of foul trouble, and that's something we hope we'll figure he'll figure out as time goes on. Because Feed. I think I think those two right there, Gardner and Shedrick, are going to be key to Virginia to any success Virginia has this season. If I have those two guys and and their their work in the middle, I'm feeding to them constantly, and I, I do not care if they're getting stripped or if they're or if they're not getting all their shots in or if they're getting in foul trouble you have to build that confidence by playing in game time you know it's it's got to be game time action in order for them to become better players and more effective and uh, this this perimeter crap it's got to stop it really does. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, passing around the perimeter and then taking a desperation shot from the three. Uh, and you know they're going to miss. I mean, my God, it's like how many times have you watched that happen and you just know it's, yeah, well, it's not going. Uh, come on. Use, penetrate. And that goes for every single team that's that's doing this three thing is that if all you're doing is is passing around the perimeter and you're not penetrating, you're not playing basketball. <clears throat> so. And the funny thing is, I was just taking a look at it while you were talking, and right as of right now, Virginia's three-point percentage is lower than the 2020 team that was just as bad offensively, yet they're ranked a lot higher. Like, I think the 2020 team was like 311th in three-point shooting, and this mm-hmm. year's team is like in the two eight. I just pull it off it was like in the 280s that really tells you just you know how many you know where where the the three-point shooting is at right now it tells you overall with college basketball is is not uh-huh. it's not good well we had that game where arizona state scored like 29 points here within the last week or two mm-hmm. i really you know that's pretty pathetic all right, women's basketball, the net rankings, these are important. Um, so listen up. Uh, number one is South Carolina. We know that. Uh, at number two, it's NC State. Number three, North Carolina. Number four, Texas. Number five, Nebraska. Then the ACC teams at number six, it's Louisville. At number 17, it's uh, Notre Dame. Number 20, Duke. Number 23, Virginia Tech. Number 30, Georgia Tech. 48, FSU. 57, Wake Forest. 58, Boston College. And if you follow the net rankings and how that all kind of plays into um, how the brackets are set up, then you'll understand why I went to that number. Um, <clears throat> these are teams that all have a shot at getting into the uh, the NCAA's uh, bracket come March if they continue to play the way they are and move up in the rankings. Um, interesting uh, 
thing here. North Carolina is in the top six of scoring defense. Uh, Alyssa Ostby leads the ACC in double-doubles, and Deja Kelly is the top scorer. Um, North Carolina is a team to watch. They are not um, ranked appropriately in the AP Top 25. Uh, You will see that change rapidly. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, there's only a couple of undefeated teams left in, in the ACC, and Carolina is one of them. Um, you look at their, I mean, their resumes, they're 8-0. You know, their, win, their best wins are probably Minnesota, Washington. I mean, they held Washington to 37 points. You talked about that defense. I mean, there are not a lot of, really outside of the Minnesota game where they allowed 76 points, they have allowed more than 51 times. Um, they allowed 59 to VCU, but you see some of these, it's like 47, 33, 44, 46, 37 and 47. I mean, they're, they're just such a good defensive team. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, remember it wasn't all that long ago that they were at the bottom of the league and, you know, they were going through all the, the issues with the, the retirement of Sylvia Hatchett. Now we got the new coach in and we're just, and they're, they've really re-energized that program. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see. And I, I was wondering um, not long ago about that, about how long it was going to take for this program to really turn, turn the corner and get back to those glory days. Now um, that's not to say that they're there yet, but certainly as you point out a uh, big difference between, you know, when S- Sylvia was running the program and then, uh, you know, the turnaround or the, the change and, and kind of rebuilding the program overall. Um, so, you know, watch out for North Carolina because they they want to be right right in the mix. And they certainly and, are going to be. And then on, on Duke, <clears throat> since they're the other undefeated team, I mean, they're winning with offense. I mean, they've scored at least 70 points in every game this, this season. They're... They're shooting the ball really well, and guess and guess who they have to play later this week on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That should be a matchup. Yeah, um, that'll be good. <laughs> South Carolina is already, you know, they're the only team to beat. Uh, they're the only te- team to beat NC State to this point. I mean, NC State, you know, like you said, they're number two in the net. They're probably going to be number two in the rankings. Uh, so this is going to be a tough matchup for the Blue Devils in a, in a battle of undefeated. So, you know, good luck to them. That'll be a fun game. Charlie Cream at ESPN, um, women's bracketology. He has Wake Forest on the bubble um, at in the Bridgeport uh, 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 Regional. He has uh, number one seed NC State and number six UNC, and they are on the rise, obviously. In the Wichita Regional, it's number one Stanford. Uh, then there's Virginia Tech at number eight. He has them dropping a bit. Um, understandable. Number five, Duke on the rise. Understandable, as you just sort of pointed out there. And we'll see how they do against South Carolina. The Greensboro Regional, uh, it's number one seed South Carolina. Ah, Don Staley has quite the uh, program going on there. It's it's nice mm-hmm. nice to watch that uh, as she's built it over the years. Um, the number five seed is Notre Dame, and number two seed is Louisville. Spokane, Spokane, uh, number one, Arizona. And uh, number eight, FSU. They've got them dropping just a bit. And, of course, after that UConn win, Charlie's got Georgia Tech at number six, 
and moving up. So uh, that's kind of a, a look at what's going on there with uh, women's basketball as well. A lot of, lot of excellent sports going on. This has been a fantastic fall sports season and going into winter as well for the ACC. There's, there's championships and, and finishing at, at much, much higher places than, than we're accustomed to. Getting ready to crank up the, uh, the swimming and diving season, indoor track, couple other things that are coming up around the corner um we have talked about uh about uh, having aaron fit come on and talk about uh baseball because fall baseball was pretty interesting uh, i will encourage you to do this d1 baseball does a um a review of of teams college teams especially those that they think are, are going to be doing well and they have been doing the ACC recently. So if you uh, do not subscribe to, to D1 Baseball and you're a baseball aficionado, you should check them out and uh, certainly subscribe. And, and that way you'll get that information, a lot of insider information that they're very thorough at D1. Very thorough. Um, it's uh, fun to read some of their stuff. It's uh, very involved. And um, uh, I, I just I cannot say enough good things about about those guys there. Um, so we've got uh, a lot of other things that are getting ready to kick off fall sport or rather winter sports wise that, uh, that we'll have coverage on, uh, that includes fencing. Um, so look for some of that information at accnation.net. That's all coming up in, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Now, <clears throat> On uh, our midweek interview program, we've got Jonathan Warner coming in to talk to us. Uh, he is a bracketologist, so uh, that should be interesting, Will. We're going to talk some broader college basketball. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He, he's he's a really smart guy with a lot of knowledge of college basketball, and you know it, it's been kind of a weird season so far to this point. A lot of upsets, uh, and you know we're excited to break it down with him. 